So in Joseph Smith, Matthew, verse 22, for in those days, there shall also arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if possible, they shall deceive the very elect who are elect according to the covenant. Now if we go to 1 Nephi, chapter 21. And in verse 1, taken from Isaiah chapter 11. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. I'm sorry, <laughs> that was 2 Nephi 21. I, I need 1 Nephi 21. 1 Nephi 21, 1. And again, hearken, O ye house of Israel. All ye that are broken off and are driven out because of the wickedness of the pastors of my people. Yea, all ye that are broken off, that are scattered abroad, who are of my people, O house of Israel. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother. He hath made mention of my name. So, in 1 Nephi 21, we have the Lord um, has just introduced in 1 Nephi chapter 20, his end time servant. And so we have a juxtaposition between a true prophet and false prophets. Now, if we go to 1 Nephi chapter 8, And, you know, again, the setting for, you know, Isaiah 49 is uh, the end times right before the coming of Christ. So 1 Nephi 8, verse 5. And here is a segment of Lehi's Tree of Life vision. And it came to pass that I saw a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And he came and stood before me, and it came to pass that he spake unto me and bade me follow him. And it came to pass that as I followed him, I beheld myself that I was in a dark and dreary waste. And after I had traveled for the space of many hours in darkness, I began to pray unto the Lord that he would have mercy on me according to the multitude of his tender mercies. And it came to pass that after I had prayed unto the Lord, I beheld a large and spacious field. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. So, in Lehi's Tree of Life vision, Lehi starts out following a man he believes to be a prophet. But where he finds himself is in a dark and dreary waste. And he's more or less trapped in this dark and dreary waste until he cries out unto the Lord and then is able to see 
the tree. So with that setting the stage, let's open to Jeremiah chapter 23. Now the prophet Jeremiah was a contemporary of Lehi. And it was most likely the prophet Jeremiah that Lehi heard crying repentance in the streets of Jerusalem that caused Lehi to go to his own altar and begin crying out for his people. And in Jeremiah 23, uh, much as in Isaiah, you know, who preceded the prophet Jeremiah by, by a generation, um, Jeremiah uses historical precedent as latter-day metaphor. And the people of Jeremiah's day uh, closely parallel the people um, before the coming of Christ. And Jeremiah makes a parallel between the Pharisees of his day and those who would be in leadership uh, you know, positions, specifically spiritual leadership positions, in the days right before the coming of Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah even makes it clear later in Jeremiah 23 that this has a specific end-time setting. So in verse one, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and have driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Now, in other translations, um, the word pastor is actually translated as prophets. So if we read verse 1 again, Woe unto the prophets that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the prophets that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnants of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be. Whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Now, it is interesting that. You know, in Isaiah, you know, we have two metaphors that are constantly being used by Isaiah in succession. 
and they are righteousness and salvation. And righteousness is a metaphor for the Lord's end time servant, um, which always precedes the Lord himself, and the metaphor in that context is salvation. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And so, again, Jeremiah is uh, establishing an end-time context for his discussion. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country, and from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man, and like a man whom wine hath overcome, because the Lord and because the words of his holiness. For the land is full of adulterers, and because of swearing, the land mourneth, and pleasant places for the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil. And their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I have seen folly in prophets in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied of Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have also seen in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. And from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into the land. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They they stay still unto them that despise me. The Lord hath said, you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. Again, we have an end time context. I have not set these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then should they have turned from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. So Jeremiah makes it clear
that these prophets of whom he is speaking have the opportunity to receive the truth from him, but they will not. Verse 23, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God far off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill the heaven and the earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baals. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. He that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat? Saith the Lord, is not my word like a fire? Saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbor. And I would ask you to ask the Lord about the latter-day context for verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor, or from one prophet to another. And in verse 30, Against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies, and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. And when this people, or the prophet, or a priest, shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt then say unto them, What burden? I will even forsake you, saith the Lord. And it's for the prophet and for the priest and the people that shall say the burden of the Lord I will even punish that man and his house. Thus shall you say every one to his neighbor and every one to his brother, what hath the Lord answered and what hath the Lord spoken? And the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more for every man's word shall be his burden. For ye have perverted the words of the living God for the Lord of hosts are God. Thus shalt thou say, to the prophet, what hath the Lord answered thee, and what hath the Lord spoken? But since ye say the burden of the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord, because ye say this word, the burden of the Lord, I have sent you, saying, ye shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore, behold, I, even I, will utterly forget you, and I will forsake you. And the city that I gave you and your fathers and cast you out from my presence. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. Now, there are you know, words of Book of Mormon prophets that parallel the words of Jeremiah and give greater context for 
his prophecy about those before the coming of Christ in the end times who would prophesy, but not by the power of God, but by their own power, and would deceive many because of it. Now if we go to go to First Nephi chapter 14. Verses 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power. And here Nephi is using in that day very similar to the way that Isaiah uses it. In that day when the Lord's end time servant you know, comes on the scene and the servants with him, and begin to preach the doctrine of Christ again by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles, who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed, unto the taking way of their stumbling blocks. So what are these stumbling blocks that Nephi has reference to? And verse 2, And harden not their hearts against the Lamb. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. And they shall be for blessed people upon the promised land forever. And they shall be no more brought down into captivity. And the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. So, we have a message specifically to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about a stumbling block. But we're told that if the members of the Church will not harden their hearts against Jesus Christ, or in other words, if they will offer up unto him a broken heart and contrite spirit, they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father and among the house of Israel. Well, if we go to 3 Nephi 16, verse 10, Christ tells the Nephites the exact same thing. And the context is, after the restoration of the fullness of the gospel, which is referred to in verse 10, after the members of the church would reject it. Verse 13, but if the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles will repent and return unto me, saith the Father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. So again, in 1 Nephi 14, verse 2, and if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father, and they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. And they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. And they shall no more be brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. Which means that until the time the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints repent, 
and enter in again to the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is when the Gentile blood is purged out of us and we become blood Israel. Um, until then, we are in bondage. Now, how did we get there? Third Nephi 16, verse 10. And thus commanded the Father that I should say unto you, at that day when the members of the church of Christ shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel. Okay, there's only been one time in the latter days where the fullness of Christ's gospel has been restored. And that was through Joseph Smith. So Christ is talking about a very specific period during church history when the following prophecy would take place and be fulfilled. When they shall reject the fullness of my gospel, which, you know, we fully did by 1834, and shall be lifted in the pride of their hearts above all nations and above all the people of the whole earth and shall be filled with all manner of lyings and deceits and mischiefs and all manner of hypocrisy and murders and priestcrafts and whoredoms and of secret abominations. No wonder we have to repent. And if they shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel, behold, saith the Father, I will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them. So, you know, that sets in perfect context, verse 13. But, you know, after rejecting the fullness, which would happen under Joseph Smith, and we would go into a state of apostasy, the Lord still has his arm extended to the members of the church. And all he asks is that we repent and return, offer up unto him a broken heart and contrite spirit. And then, as it says in verse 13, then we would be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. If we go to DNC 84, In DNC 84, starting in verse 54, we get the warning that the Lord gave to the members of the Church of Christ, just like Christ does in 3 Nephi 16.10, that we better repent and return, or there will be a scourge and a judgment that will be poured out upon us. Verse 55, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even in the Book of Mormon and the former commandments, which I have given them not only to say, but to do according to that which I have written, that they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. For shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land? Verily I say unto you, nay. So let's unpack that. So first, we're speaking to the children of Zion. And 
Nephi, in 2 Nephi 28, um, also talks to those who call themselves Zion. We have need to repent and remember the new covenant in the Book of Mormon, which is the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Verse 58, that they may bring forth fruit, meat for their father's kingdom. Well, what is that? Well, in scripture, when Christ layeth up the fruit of the vineyard, it's talking about those who have become his sons and his daughters through the ordinance of baptism, of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're promised that if we do not, that there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon us. Well, this prophecy and warning of condemnation is given in 1832, and it starts to be fulfilled as soon as 1834, when Christ takes his name out of the church. And the official name of the church goes from the Church of Christ to the Church of Latter-day Saints. Now in 2 Nephi 28, Nephi, seeing our day. And again, this gives context to the prophecy that Jeremiah gave in Jeremiah 23 about the leaders of God's people. In verse 9. Yea, and there shall be many which shall teach after this manner false and vain and foolish doctrines, and shall be puffed up in their hearts, and seek deep to hide their counsels from the Lord, and their works shall be in the dark. And then 11 through 15. Yea, they have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted because of pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine. Their churches have become corrupted, and their churches are lifted up because of pride. They are puffed up. They rob the poor because of their fine sanctuaries. They rob the poor because of their fine clothing. Yea, and they persecute the meek and the poor in heart, because in their pride they are puffed up. So, Here, Nephi, again, is talking specifically about the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he, he sets forth that there is a division among the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have those who are puffed up in the pride of their own hearts, who teach vain and foolish doctrines, and they actually persecute those who are humble followers of Christ and who have entered into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And the way Nephi puts it here is they persecute the meek and the poor in heart, which is the same thing as those who are offering up a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And verse 14, and they were stiff necks and high heads. Yea, and because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few, who are the humble followers of Christ. So again, we have the reiteration that there are two groups among the Latter-day Saints. Those 
who are puffed up in pride and those who are the humble followers of Christ. But Nephi gives us a ratio and he says, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. And, you know, thus we see the harm that is caused, uh, which is called out by Jeremiah. You know, and again, Jeremiah 23, verse 1, Woe be unto the prophets that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the prophets that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you evil of your doings, thus saith the Lord. So because the precepts of men are taught in place of the doctrine of Christ, even the humble followers of Christ among the Latter-day Saints, in many instances do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Verse 21. And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say all is well in Zion. Okay, again, identifying the exact group of people that are being talked about just as Nephi talked about um, the, the daughters of Zion had need to repent because of their pride. Yea, Zion prospereth, all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. Verse 25. Woe be unto him that crieth, all is well. Again, pointing to leadership. And in verse 32. Woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. All right, so we've already established an end-time context for this prophecy of Nephi. Um, you know, we read in DNC 84 that by 1832 the church had come under condemnation for rejecting the new covenant in the Book of Mormon, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And just like the children of Israel who preceded them, who also rejected that sanctification which Moses sought to give them. Again, through the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might behold the face of God, which is to enter into his rest, which rested the fullness of his glory. Well, precisely the same mission um, as Joseph Smith, who sought also to sanctify the early saints through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, through the new covenant, so they might enter into the rest of the Lord exactly as Joseph Smith had done. Now, DNC 84, again,
23. Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore the Lord in his wrath for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore, and this is the consequence of rejecting the fullness of Christ's gospel when it is extended to a people. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. The holy priesthood being referred to is the first order of Melchizedek priesthood. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministry of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins. So, when the fullness of the priesthood or the fullness of Christ's priesthood is taken from a people, the heavens close. And it's no longer possible to receive the ordinances that pertain to the terrestrial order of the gospel or under the hand of that order of the priesthood, namely baptism by water into the terrestrial order and the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. If we go to verse 19 in DNC 84, and this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. So this priesthood, which was taken from the children of Israel, as stated in verse 25, administereth the gospel. So the children of Israel could no longer receive baptism into the terrestrial order. They could no longer receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when this order of the priesthood was taken from the saints in 1834, neither could the Latter-day Saints accept it were under the hands of Joseph Smith and a handful of others who were part of the Holy Order, Church of the Firstborn, and who were not demoted to the preparatory gospel. And holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. So, when the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood is not upon the earth, the key to receiving um, the knowledge of God or access to the revelation about how to part the veil ascend into the seventh heaven and come into Christ's presence of the fullness of his glory is no longer on the earth and it's no longer possible. That's part of the heavens being closed when this priesthood order is taken from the earth. Verse 20, therefore in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. Now primarily through the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. In other words, although a man or a woman or a people may receive a baptism of fire, which purpose is to sanctify us and make us clean, it is not possible to receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, when this priesthood order is not upon the earth. And... You know, around the time of the death of Joseph Smith, you know, this priesthood order was no longer on the earth. And just a quick cross-reference in DNC 124, verse 28, when the saints are in Nauvoo and the Lord is giving the saints the, their last chance to repent and return, 
and one of the promises if they did would be to receive again the uh, apostolic order because of priesthood which we're just reading about in dnc 84 for there is not a place found on earth that he may come to and restore again that which was lost unto you or which he hath taken away even the fullness of the priesthood now if we go to ether eight Ether 8, Moroni sees our day. And having just translated the record of the Jaredites, the book of Ether, um, he is intimately aware of secret combinations. And Moroni sees our day. And he gives the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a warning. And the warning um, is to the members of the Church of Christ and the Church of Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith's ministry. If we start in 18. And it came to pass that they formed a secret combination even as they of old, which combination is most abominable and wicked above all in the sight of God. For the Lord worketh not in secret combinations, neither doth he will that man should shed blood, but in all things hath forbidden it from the beginning of man. So, particular to this secret combination is, is murder. And now I, Moroni, do not write the manner of their oaths and combinations, for it hath been made known unto me that they are had among all people, and that they are had among the Lamanites. And they have caused the destruction of this people, whom I am now speaking, and also the destruction of the people of Nephi. And whatsoever nation shall uphold such secret combinations to get power and gain until they shall spread over the nation, behold, they shall be destroyed. For the Lord will not suffer that the blood of the saints shall be shed by them, shall always cry unto him from the ground for vengeance upon them, and yet he avenged them not. So, in verse 22, um, you know, this great secret combination is also what Nephi calls the great and abominable church. And in verse 22, uh, Moroni is giving a warning to us that we should not allow these secret combinations to get above us in political power. But then he narrows it. And then he starts talking about religious power and secret combinations. Verse 23, Wherefore, O ye members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins. Almost in every circumstance when Book of Mormon prophets refer to the end-time Gentiles, uh, in virtually every instance, except when they refer to those who have repented, they cry repentance to us. And, you know, this is Moroni speaking specifically to the Latter-day Saints under Joseph Smith. 
that you may that ye may repent of your sins and suffer not these murderous combinations shall <coughs> get above you. Now he's not talking about in political office or power. He's talking about in church office and power, which are built up to get power and gain. And the work, even the work of destruction come among you. Yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you to your overthrow and destruction. If you shall off, if you shall suffer these things to be. So remember the promise of God to the Latter-day Saints. That if they allow the secret combinations to get above them in church power and authority, they will be destroyed. Verse 24, wherefore the Lord commandeth you when ye shall see these things come among you. So in verse 23, Moroni says, okay, Latter-day Saints, do not let this happen. And in verse 24, he says, but when it does. When you shall see these things come among you, you shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of this secret combination which shall be among you, or woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain. For they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it, and also upon those who built it up. Now let's go to Third Nephi, chapter 16, verse 13. And the, the obvious question is, well, so for those of us Latter-day Saints who do not want to participate in the allowing of these secret combinations to get above them, and who do not want to participate in the destruction that is coming upon the Latter-day Saints, for allowing the secret combinations to go above them, in ecclesiastical office and power, and also for the failure to repent and return. You know, again, in Third Nephi 16, verse 13, Christ says, but if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will repent and return unto me, saith the Father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. And time and time again, we have this theme that the Gentiles need to repent and return. And how do we do that? It's through throwing off the iniquities of our fathers, which are our false traditions and false doctrines that we have accepted because we have not had the standard of requiring men who give us this doctrine to speak and write by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Um, we are to reject the false doctrine and embrace true doctrine that is given by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. We're to enter into the new covenant, seek after and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is how we repent and return and become part of the house of Israel and come out from under the blood and sins of our current generation and our forefathers. And rid our garments of that blood. 
Now, if we go back to 1 Nephi 14. Verses 5 through 7. And it came to pass the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles or members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if they repent, it shall be well with them, because we'll be adopted into the house of Israel and we'll become God's people, not only willing to take upon the name of Christ, but actually having him extend his name to us. If the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints shall repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. That has direct reference to all of those members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who do not repent and return as Christ instructs us to do so. Through a broken heart and contrite spirit, seeking after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and throwing off our false traditions. Whoso repenteth not must perish. Therefore, woe be unto the Gentiles, or woe be unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. So this is the opposite of the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. For the time cometh, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and a marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting, either on the one hand or on the other, either the convincing of them unto peace and eternal life, or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction, both temporally and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil of which I have spoken. So Nephi, again, is speaking to the Latter-day Saints that we have all gone astray, that we must repent and return or be destroyed. This is the exact message that the prophet Jeremiah took to the people in Jerusalem before the Babylonian and Assyrian destructions of Jerusalem. And they had the exact same requirement. They had to enter again into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and cast off their false traditions, which had been given to them by the precepts of men and not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And so we read in... DNC 101. And, you know, just a note that, you know, 1 Nephi, you know, in 14, you know, if we repent and return, or those members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who repent and return, it will be well with them. Um, just like in First uh, Nephi fourteen two and one, 
And it shall come to pass that the Gentiles, that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling block. So that day in which the Lord takes away our stumbling block is that when the fullness of the gospel would again be restored to the earth after it was taken away with the death of Joseph Smith. And upon Joseph's return and him awaking and ascending and receiving again power and authority, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, thus opening the heavens and the first labors in the last kingdom laboring with him. This is the removing of the stumbling block of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because it is preaching again the new covenant, the way to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is now again possible because of the opening of the heavens, because the apostolic order of the priesthood has been restored, which opens up a new dispensation, even the dispensation of the fullness of times versus the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham or the preparatory gospel, which is why Elias came and visited Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple after the fullness of the gospel had been taken from us. So, DNC 1.10, verse 12, After this, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, saying that in us and our seed... All generations after us should be blessed through the preparatory gospel. And the Lord has used the preparatory gospel of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to publish the scriptures of the restoration and take them to the four corners of the earth to prepare those who will for the return of the Lord's end-time servant who will teach the doctrine of Christ by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost and gather out from the four quarters of the earth all of those who are willing, not only with their lips, but also with their hearts, to take upon them the name of Christ. So, in DNC 101, verse 55 is the time of the removing of the stumbling block of the Gentiles. And it is in reference to the return of Joseph and the first labors in the last kingdom. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, identified in DNC 103 as Joseph Smith Jr., go and gather together the residue of my servants, or those whom the Lord calls my apostles and my friends, the first labors in the last kingdom, and in this parable, the servants. And it's the residue because not all of them make it. And they don't all make it because. Uh, some of them don't repent and return. There were a couple who were true and faithful. Most were prodigal sons. And those who were not prodigal sons stayed hardened in their hearts. But they've got a second chance. And their second chance is to return with Joseph and declare for one last time the doctrine of Christ, that they might remove the stumbling block of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And take all the strength of mine house or those members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who, when they hear the doctrine of Christ, 
taught in power and authority, receive it with gladness. Which are my warriors, my young men, they that are of middle age also among all my servants, who are the strength of my house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry, or in other words, those who are translated, and John the Revelator has charge over. And go you straightway unto the land of my vineyard, and redeem my vineyard, for it is mine, I have bought it with money, the removing of the stumbling block of the Gentiles. Therefore get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Now if we go to JST Matthew 21. And in Matthew 21, we get a few parables from Christ. We get the parable of the fig tree, which has leaves but no fruit. Or in other words, those who draw close to him with their lips, but their mouths are far, but their hearts are far from him. Um, those who have the outer trappings of relationship with Christ but the fruit is the actual relationship with Christ, and they don't have it. We have the parable of the vineyard, that the Lord plants a vineyard. He sets husbandmen to watch over it from time to time. He sends servants to check on the husbandmen. Each and every time they kill the husbandmen, or they kill the servants, the husbandmen kill the servants. And even when the Lord of the vineyard sends his own son, they become jealous of him, and the husbandmen kill the son. And then we have the transition to the end times and the restoration of the gospel under Joseph Smith. Verse 53, And the kingdom of God shall be taken from them, the Jews, and shall be given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof, in parentheses, meaning the Gentiles, so, or the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Verse 54, wherefore, wherefore, on whomsoever this stone shall fall, it shall grind him to powder. You know, Christ is the stone, and those who he will fall upon are the fig trees with leaves but no fruit. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable, wicked men. And I ask you, who are the miserable, wicked men that Christ is talking about? And will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen. So the husbandmen in Christ's vineyard are being called miserable, wicked men. And that they're going to be replaced with other husbandmen. Well, in DNC 101, it says in verse 51, Let's actually start in verse 50. And while they were yet at variance one with another, they became very slothful, and they hearkened not unto the commandments of their Lord. And the enemy came by night and broke down the hedge, and the servants of the noblemen 
arose and were frightened and fled, and the enemy destroyed their works and broke down the olive trees. And now behold, the nobleman, the lord of the vineyard, called upon his servants and said unto them, Why? What is the cause of this great evil? Now, in the parable of redemption of Zion, the olive trees are the members of the church. And in here, the lord of the vineyard is talking to the leaders of the LDS church. Now behold, the nobleman of the vineyard called upon his servants, the heads of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he said unto them, Why, what is the cause of this great evil? Ought ye not to have done even as I commanded you? And after ye had planted the vineyard and built the hedge round about and set the watchman upon the walls thereof, built the tower also and set a watchman upon the tower and watch for my vineyard and not have fallen asleep, lest the enemy should come upon you? And behold, the watchman upon the tower would have seen the enemy while he was yet afar off. And then you could have made ready and kept the enemy from breaking down the hedge thereof and saved my vineyard from the hands of the destroyer, which means that the destroyer did come. And the leadership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints did not stop them. And therefore, the Lord's vineyard or his people were scattered in the verbiage of verse 54, it said they were destroyed. Well, this helps give us better context for reading verse 55 in JST Matthew 21. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, and so that there can be no confusion about who and what is being talked about in both the parable of redemption of Zion and the parable of the vineyard in Matthew 21, the exact same metaphors and the same parable is being used. He will destroy those miserable, wicked men and will let again his vineyards unto other husbandmen. Which are the other husbandmen? They are those that we read about in verse 55. And the Lord of the vineyards said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., and to go and gather together the residue of my servants. So it's Joseph Smith Jr. and the residue of the Lord's servants from their first ministry, now having returned for their second ministry, that in JST Matthew 21, verse 55, the Lord will let his vineyard unto these other husbandmen who return, who shall render him the fruits in their season. Okay, what have we already defined as the fruits in their season? Those men and women who enter into the new covenant receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus become sons and daughters of Christ. These are the fruits of the vineyard that the Lord of the vineyard is laying up unto himself. And how do these other husbandmen do that? Well, they bring back the, the knowledge about the new covenant in the Book of Mormon of a broken heart and contrite spirit as the path to becoming a son and daughter of Christ. The baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which has been lost not from the scripture of the restoration, but from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, even if the phrase is occasionally bandied about, um, the knowledge about what it is and teaching how to receive it is completely absent. And now we have context to understand verse 56 in Matthew 21, just in Matthew 21. And then understood they, that they are Christ's 12 apostles, 
the parable which he spake unto them, that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints should be destroyed also. That's because when someone enters into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, one ascends and becomes a member of the terrestrial order, the church of Christ. And it's the telestial order, the Gentile church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is telestial and nothing which is telestial makes it. And because we have been given the greater light and knowledge, we have the greater responsibility. And it is Joseph Smith's responsibility and mission, as well as the end time servant's mission to cry repentance, just as Jeremiah and Lehi did in their days to the people in the city of Jerusalem, that they might be warned before the destruction came, that all who would might be preserved by the hand of the Lord by entering into covenant with him. But the Gentiles who members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints should be destroyed also when the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard, which is the earth and the inhabitants thereof. Now to Ether chapter 12. And in Ether chapter 12, verses 34 to 41. And now I know that this love which thou hast had for the children of men is charity. Wherefore, except men shall have charity, they cannot inherit that place which thou hast prepared in the mansions of thy father. Wherefore, I know by this thing which thou hast said, that if the Gentiles or if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have not charity because of our weakness, that thou wilt prove them and take away their talent, yea, even that which they have received, and give unto them who shall have more abundantly. Again, we're talking about the general condition of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as we enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, um, we are we are given endowments of light, and this culminates in the ordinance of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and as we receive these endowments of light, we receive charity. So. The way that the Gentiles reject receiving charity is by rejecting their opportunity to enter into the new covenant, receive baptisms of fire and the baptism of fire, baptismal Holy Ghost. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord that he would give unto the Gentiles grace, that they might have charity. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, If they have not charity, 
If the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints refuse to enter into the New Covenant and thus become ripened for destruction because they're not endowed with charity and thus they do not know me, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful, wherefore thy garment shall be made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my father. And now I, Moroni, bid farewell unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Gentiles, and also unto my brethren whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments shall not be spotted with your blood. And then shall ye know, that I have seen Jesus and that he hath talked with me face to face and that he told me in plain humility, even as a man telleth another in mine own language concerning these things. So not only did Moroni see our day in vision and gives us a prophetic warning, even from the dust, but Christ, when he met with Moroni, he told Moroni about the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and about our sins and our iniquities and our weaknesses. And so Moroni was able to include very specific things intended to wake us out of our deep slumber that we might be saved and not be destroyed. And then shall you know that I have seen Jesus and that he hath talked with me face to face and that he told me in plain humility, even as a man telleth another in mine own language concerning these things. And only a few have I written because of the weakness in writing. And now I would commend you to seek this Jesus of whom the prophets and the apostles have written, speaking specifically to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that the grace of God the Father and also the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, which beareth record of them, may be and abide in you forever. Amen. And therefore, we have setting the stage for the prophecy given in DNC 112. Verses 23 to 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth, and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face, including the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because we have rejected the New Covenant in the Book of Mormon, and we have rejected our God, because we've rejected the very path by which he might extend his name to us. Behold, vengeance comes speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin. And from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, 
and have not known me. Or in other words, the fig trees with leaves, but no fruit. Which Book of Mormon Prophets in Christ have testified is the majority of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. And then in DNC 5, verse 16. And behold, whosoever believeth on my words, them will I visit with manifestations of my spirit. And they shall be born of me, even of water and of the spirit. This is our way out from under this condemnation. And in verses 18 through 20. And their testimony also shall go forth under the condemnation of this generation, if they harden their hearts against them. So, if we harden our hearts against Joseph Smith when he comes on the scene, and the first laborers in the last kingdom who are already on the scene. Verse 19, for a desolating scourge shall go forth among the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I'm coming back to DNC 5, but let's quickly cross-reference DNC 84. DNC 84, verse 57, or verse 58. That they may bring forth fruit, meat for their father's kingdom, through the new covenant. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon them. So, the Lord is warning us that a scourge and a judgment will be poured out upon us if we don't repent and return. And in DNC 5, talking about... Um, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints during the days of the return of Joseph and the first labors in the last kingdom, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ, also talking about verse 19, for a desolating scourge shall go forth among the inhabitants of the earth and shall continue to be poured out from time to time. If they repent not, saying the same thing as DNC 84, until the earth is empty and the inhabitants thereof are consumed away and utterly destroyed by the brightness of my coming. Behold, I tell you these things, even as I also told the people of the destruction of Jerusalem. And my word shall be verified at this time as it hath hitherto been verified. So, Again, hearkening back to the words of the prophet Jeremiah and of Lehi, as they testified to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that they must repent and return or be destroyed. And also, as they and those who came after them prophesied that the same fate would befall the members of the people of the restoration of the gospel during the last days. And DNC 45, verses 31 through 33. And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass 
until they shall see an overflowing scourge, for desolating sickness shall cover the land. And the, that generation which is being talked about is our generation. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations, yet men will harden their hearts against me. And they will take up the sword one against another and they will kill one another. And so... Going back to Jeremiah 23. And I would, so at the beginning of this meeting, you know, I read from the King James translation of Jeremiah 23. And now I would like to read from the New American Standard Bible Version. And we will start in verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care upon them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. And as a quick cross-reference, in DNC 101, verse 56. And go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard, redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto the land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Going back to Jeremiah 23. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care upon them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. Now, again, let's cross-reference. DNC 101, verse 64. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places, for the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and be crowned with celestial glory when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according as his work shall be. 
all their tares shall be bound in bundles and their bands be made strong that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Back to Jeremiah 23. Verse four, I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. So again, verse 55 of DC 101, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of my house. And again, in JST Matthew 21, verse 55, and he will destroy those miserable wicked men and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days, who shall render him the fruits in their season. Back to Jeremiah 23, verse 5. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. This is the end-time Davidic servant, or the return of Joseph Smith, Jr., just as prophesied in just Matthew 2155 and DNC 101 and 103, and many, many other places. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will be in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior, which of course, is a title of Jesus Christ, but um, is also a title which he bestows upon his end-time servant, who typifies and is a type and shadow of Christ when he will reign personally during the millennium. So then the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, but they will say, as surely as the Lord lives who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, then they will have their own land. So let's cross-reference that to DNC 103. So Jeremiah is saying that The latter-day exodus that will take place before Christ comes in his glory will even rival the exodus of Moses. And it will rival it to such an extent that no longer will people talk of Moses' exodus, but they will talk of the exodus led by the Lord's end-time servant. Verse 15 of DNC 103. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them as Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and the seed of Abraham. And ye must be needs led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. Now, God is specifically speaking to those who have entered into the new covenant of broken heart and contrite spirit with them. And have had the Gentile blood burned out of them and become blood Israel through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Or at least earnestly being on that path and seeking after it. And as your fathers were led at first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. Therefore, let not your hearts faint, for I say not unto you as I said unto your fathers, my angel shall go up before you, but not my presence. But I say unto you, my angel shall go up before you, and also my presence. And in time you shall possess the goodly land. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you that my servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I have given unto you. Therefore, let my servant Joseph Smith Jr. see unto the strength of my house, my young men and middle-aged, gather yourselves upon the land of Zion, upon the land which I have bought with money that has been consecrated unto me. So, back in Jeremiah 23, verse 9. Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me. All my bones tremble. I am like a drunkard, like a strong man overcome by wine because of the Lord and his holy words. The land is full of adulterers because of the curse. And the land lies patched, and the pastures in the wilderness are withered. The prophets follow an evil course and use their power unjustly. And adulterers in this sense means those who go whoring after false gods and false idols and place false Christ before the true and living Christ because they recognize not those who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. They do not realize their own sin, um, their own iniquity, and instead of softening their heart, that the Lord may show unto them their weakness, that it may become strong, they persevere in the hardness of their heart unto destruction, declaring that they have received the word of God, that they need no more the word of God, for they have enough, and that all is well in Zion. Continuing in verse 10, Jeremiah 23, the prophets follow an evil course and use their power unjustly. Both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find their wickedness, declares the Lord. Therefore, their path will become slippery. They will be banished to darkness, and there they will fall. I will bring disaster on them in the year they are punished, declares the Lord. And again, if we can cross-reference DNC 101, Go ye straightway, in verse 56, unto the land of my vineyard, redeem my vineyard, for it is mine, I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway into the land, break down the walls of my enemies, throw down their watchmen, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of my enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Jeremiah 23, 12. Therefore, their path will become slippery. They will be banished to darkness, and there they will fall. I will bring disaster on them in the year they are punished, declares the Lord. Among the prophets of Samaria, I saw this repulsive thing. They prophesied of Baal and led my people Israel astray. And among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and live a lie. They strengthen the hands of the evildoers so that not one of them turns from their wickedness. They are all like Sodom to me, the people of Jerusalem like Gomorrah. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says concerning the prophets. I will make them eat bitter food and drink poisoned water, because from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says, you will have peace. And to all 
who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say no harm will come to you. Let's quickly cross-reference that to 2 Nephi 28. Verse 3, and it shall come to pass that the day that the churches which are built up and not unto the Lord, when one shall say unto the other, Behold, I, I am the Lord's. And the other shall say, I, I am the Lord's. And thus shall everyone say that hath built up churches and not unto the Lord. And they shall contend with one another, and their priests shall contend with one another. And they shall teach with their learning and deny the Holy Ghost which giveth utterance, and deny the power of God, the Holy One of Israel. And they say unto the people, hearken unto us, and hear ye our precept. For behold, there is no God today. For the Lord and the Redeemer hath done his work, and he hath given his power unto men. And verse 26. Yea, woe be unto them that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. And verse 31. And cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. And this is why we, as Latter-day Saints, are under condemnation. We have not yet learned discernment. We have not learned to discern the writings and sayings of true prophets who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost and false prophets who do not. And therefore, we have accepted as doctrine the precepts of men. Verse 16. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. All is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth. They speak visions from their own minds and not from my mouth, saith the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me or those who harden their hearts and refuse to enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And to those who harden their hearts, they say, you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and say, no harm will come to you because you have a temple recommend and a temple ceiling. And therefore you have an e-ticket to the social kingdom. But they have withheld from them the most plain and basic doctrine of Christ, that of how we come out from under condemnation that of how we repent and return and become Christ's sons and daughters, that we might escape the destruction which is coming, which we should know better than to fall into that snare and trap for the scriptures are before us. We have the words of the prophets and the Holy Ghost will testify of their truth and will point out to us the new covenant and the path of repenting and returning but we harden our hearts and we receive it not because we're comfortable and we say all is well in Zion. Verse 18, Jeremiah 23. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Which of the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints stand in general conference? 
and bear witness to you of how they came unto a broken heart and contrite spirit of their experience receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then how they were instructed by revelation how to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord. That hasn't happened since Joseph Smith. Verse 19. See the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, which they could have, for the Spirit has cried unto them from morning until evening. And as new apostles are called, the Spirit shows them the cracks in the foundation and gives them the opportunity to be Almas among the court of King Noah, and they would not. But if they had stood my counsel, which they have the opportunity to do, they have the opportunity to be an Alma, they would have proclaimed my words to my people. They would have, in other words, taught them the doctrine of Christ and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. So these 15 men who we sustain as prophets, seers, and revelators, not once do they declare the doctrine of Christ, what it means, how to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or enter into the rest of the Lord, which is how we repent and return and avoid destruction. Verse 23, am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets? Who prophesy the delusions of their own minds. They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces. Do you remember the build up to last general conference? And I challenge you to show me one speaker who spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, which is exactly the test that Jeremiah is giving to the Latter-day Saints, that we may test our prophets and apostles and discern true prophets from false ones. Therefore, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who steal from one another words, supposedly from me, or... Those 15 who incessantly quote one another and hardly ever from the scriptures. Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare the Lord declares. Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. 
they do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. Oliver Cowdery, when he gave the apostolic charge to the newly called 12, and there were two different sets of apostles during Joseph Smith's day, those before 1835 when we still had the Church of Christ, who were ordained to the highest priesthood, the patriarchal order Melchizedek priesthood, that the Lord called my apostles and my friends. And then the second group who were called by Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer to the church office of apostle in 1835, and to whom Oliver Cowdery gave the apostolic charge. You have come this far based on other men's testimonies, the other men being those who actually have had experiences with Christ. Now you must part the veil, see the face of God, and be ordained by Jesus Christ, and not one of them fulfill that apostolic charge. And how many of today's 15 do you ever hear testify that they have fulfilled the apostolic charge? Not one. Verse 33. When these people or a prophet or a priest ask you, what is the message from the Lord? Say to them, what message? I will forsake you, declares the Lord. If a prophet or priest or anyone else claims, this is a message from the Lord, I will punish them and their household. This is what each of you keeps saying to your friends and other Israelites. What is the Lord's answer? Or what has the Lord spoken? But you must not mention a message from the Lord again, because each one's word becomes their own message. So you distort the words of the living God, the Lord Almighty, our God. To take the Lord's name in vain is to claim that one speaks for the Lord when one does not. To claim that one speaks for the Lord when one does not speak by the power authority of the Holy Ghost. To claim that one has priesthood authority when one does not. Verse 37. This is what you keep saying to a prophet. What is the Lord's answer to you? Or what has the Lord spoken? Although you claim this is a message from the Lord, this is what the Lord says. You use the words, this is a message from the Lord, even though I told you that you must not claim this is a message from the Lord. In other words, all of these policy changes that we have been receiving in the last several years, which are declared to be revelations from God and proof that we have true prophets, seers, and revelators today. What does Jeremiah say about those things that claim to be revelations from God? Although you claim this is a message from the Lord, this is what the Lord says. You used the words, this is a message from the Lord, even though I told you that you must not claim this is a message from the Lord. Therefore, I will surely forget you and cast you out from my presence, along with the city I gave to you and your ancestors. I will bring on you everlasting disgrace, everlasting shame that will not be forgotten. And cross-referencing one more time, JST Matthew 21. And the Lord thereof of the vineyard came. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable wicked men and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And then they understood the parable which he spake unto them, that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, should be destroyed also when the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard, which is the earth and the inhabitants thereof. But... as the Lord extends his arm to us, as Nephi declares in 2 Nephi 28, 32, 
Woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, saith the Lord of hosts. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, the Lord God, nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. So, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and members of the branches of the Restoration, and anybody with the sound of my voice, um, I add my voice to those who cry from the dust that we might repent, that we might return again to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that we might avoid the destruction which is surely coming, which will fall upon us and our brothers and our sisters and our fathers and our mothers and our children and our friends and neighbors, if we and if they do not also repent and return. And in Moroni chapter 10, verse 30, Again, I would exhort you that you would come unto Christ and lay hold upon every good gift and touch not the evil gift nor the unclean thing and awake and arise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Yea, put on thy beautiful garments, O daughter of Zion, and strengthen thy stakes and enlarge thy borders forever that thou mayest no more be confounded that the covenants of the eternal Father which he hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if you shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his face sufficient, grace sufficient for you, that by his grace you may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God you are perfect in Christ, he can in no wise deny the power of God. And again, if by the grace of God you are perfect in Christ and deny not his power, then are you sanctified in Christ by the grace of God, through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is the covenant of the Father unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. And now I bid unto all farewell. I soon go to rest in the paradise of God until my spirit and body shall be again reunited, and I am brought forth triumphant through the air to meet you before the pleasing bar of the great Jehovah, the eternal judge of both quick and dead Amen.